Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash Sirius XM. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. So here's why last Friday was so extraordinary for me. Not just to be surrounded by so many... Uh, friends and listeners from POTUS and viewers from CNN, but also because I had this unique opportunity, truly unique opportunity. In the first hour of the program, in the 9 a.m. hour of the program last Friday, I spoke for, thank you, Sirius XM. Sirius XM blew out all the commercials because I said, I have something I want to get off my chest. I'd like to try and stitch together a lot of different thoughts that the audience hears from me on a regular basis. But I want to put all the pieces together of how I see what plagues the country in terms of political polarization and to offer solutions. And it's going to take some time. I think I ended up speaking for 50 minutes. And a large part of my message, again, nothing revelatory or new to those who listen on a regular basis, but in analyzing the causes of political polarization, I enumerate several factors, but at the top of my list is the media, the media, including social media. I maintain that I've had a front row seat for it, that it's evolved over the last 30 years. Too much power rests in the hands of media mouthpieces who are now calling the shots for politicians concerned about their own self-preservation and primaries being the key because of gerrymandering to sustaining one's political career. And who reaches a primary audience? The far ends of the media landscape. That's the short version. And then in prescribing what do we need to do about it, you know, one component is change the channel. You need a mixed media diet. And then secondly, which I spoke more at length and relied on social science last uh, Friday, citing the work of Robert Putnam, citing the work of Bill Bishop, citing the work of Dr. Charles Murray, citing the work of uh, Scott Galloway, citing the work of Drs. Maz and Treziak, you got to get out of your bubble and live a life in service to others. I love the Scott Galloway quote. This may be my my new favorite where he says, "Before, uh, before we can have intercourse, we need to have discourse, but our discourse has become too coarse. Think about it. That's really what ails us in a nutshell. I'll tell you a funny thing. This whole, you know, I, I, I enumerated examples of where you get out of your bubble. Because too many of us are living an existence. I'm in this category with people who look like us, vote like us, send their kids to schools like us, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And because our kids then mingle with one another, it self-perpetuates. So that is me Friday morning 9 a.m. Eastern time, Philly time at the unconvention, but speaking to a nationwide audience via Sirius XM POTUS. 
lo and behold, and, and, and I knew that he was going to do something like this because he suggested it last week. But Friday night, uh, Bill Maher does a commentary on real time. And honest to God, you were thinking so similarly on this. You, you would think we'd shared notes. And of course, he did his in a much more humorous fashion. And finally, new rule, you can't be in charge of counting the votes if you think the votes from one of the parties don't exist. (laughs) Normally in a democracy, this is not something you'd have to say, but let me introduce you to Mark Fincham. He is the Republican nominee for Secretary of State in Arizona, and I'm guessing the bartender at an OK Corral theme park. (laughs) Guy looks very unusual and has a Western tie. (laughs) If he wins, it'll be his job to count the vote next time. And Mark not only believes Trump won the 2020 election, he literally can't conceive that Biden could have. Why? He says, I can't find anyone who will admit that they voted for Joe Biden. Yeah, forget the meticulous audits, the hand recounts, the independent verifications run by Republican officials. This guy has never personally met a Biden voter, so they don't exist. You know, I've never been to a BTS concert, but I believe K-pop exists. (laughs) And I gotta say, more than anything, this is what is wrong with this country. Our real division isn't between red and blue. It's between the people on both sides who aren't willing to mingle with Americans outside their political tribe. I mean, that's it. And so I have no idea what they're really like. Okay. So that's Mar on, on Friday night. I feel emboldened by hearing him say it uh, and get the laughs along the way. I'll tell you something else. It, rather than recreate what I said at the unconvention, uh, Maryland Governor Larry Hogan said this. The majority of Americans today believe that our nation is way off track and heading in the wrong direction. Most Americans are thoroughly convinced that we are hopelessly divided that our political system is fundamentally broken, and that Washington is completely dysfunctional. The voices of what I would call the exhausted majority are ignored in deference to the demands of the loudest and angriest few. Amen. That's Maryland's Governor Larry Hogan. Okay, so that's what I delivered at the unconvention. Now, here's what made it so unique. Two o'clock in the afternoon, I now lead a panel discussion, a panel of two. And my guests are Jeff Zucker, the former president of CNN International, and Phil Griffin, the former president of Fox News, Uh, both of whom I know and have good relationships with. I'm closer to Jeff than I am to Phil. But they said, you know, as a favor to me, neither of them has spoken since they left their employers. And they said, as a favor to me, they would come to Philadelphia and they would have a conversation with me about polarization and the media. So here was this opportunity for me to question these two really powerful uh, individuals who had had such a role in the last 10, 20 years with the media landscape. And it kind of put me in an awkward position because I regard them as friends and I respect each of them. But. I wanted to take full advantage of the chance to say to those who had been at the pinnacle of of this media landscape, hey, how much responsibility, you know, will you own 
for the polarization that exists in Washington and across the country. The way I began was lighthearted, uh, just in saying something about my relationship with each of them. Good afternoon, everybody. How are you doing so far? Have we delivered on it? Okay. So it's a, it's a real privilege for me to have both of these gentlemen with me. A story you may have heard me explain on radio repeatedly is that there was a period in my life in the 2000s, I guess I would say, a five-year time period where I was the principal fill-in radio host for Bill O'Reilly on his Radio Factor. And I was the principal fill-in host for Chris Matthews on Hardball. And yeah, amazing to think about. And I would do my morning show, and then I would do O'Reilly's radio program, and then I would do Hardball. I used to joke that I would walk from the Fox News building on Avenue of the Americas to 30 Rock, and I wasn't sure if I was going to get shot in the chest or shot in the back <laughs> as I was going between those worlds. Um, I very much wanted to have... It was the early 2000s, mind you. I very much wanted to have a television program of my own. I think the ego of it had consumed me. And there was no room at the inn at MSN. And Phil said to me one day, hey, if you get a gig elsewhere, I will let you out of your contract. And thankfully, that call came from Jeff. And I said, okay, now, there's one fly in the ointment. Phil needs to honor what he told me years ago. And you did. So both of whom hired and never fired me, thank you very much. <laughs> what he said to me is, Smirk, we are young, liberal, and nerdy, and you're not. We are young, liberal, and nerdy, and you're not. And you can continue to host for Chris, but you're not getting a gig of your own. And guess what? I respected his honesty. I think both of those men were always very honest with you. No doubt, yeah. especially, I mean, it's you really straightforward. Look, Jeff Zucker, I know that the audience has heard and they've read about him. I know the man. He's remarkable. He's brilliant. He was 26, named the executive producer of the Today Show. That's crazy. In the Matt Lauer, Katie Couric heyday, he was running the show. Yeah, that's amazing. So, all right, now this is this is the key uh, soundbite I want you all to hear. I now say to them, first question out of the box, look, here's what I said earlier today on my radio program, and I, I want to say it in front of you and give you the opportunity to respond. So I, I delivered on my radio program today an hour-long address, kind oh, of the... So it was short for you. <laughs> the, world, the world according to me. It was my explanation of how we got into this polarized ditch, how we get out. And the short version is that I enumerated a number of causes, but at the top of my list is the media, sounding strange from someone who earns his keep behind a microphone. But I think among many factors, gerrymandering, self-sorting, lack of campaign finance reform, it's the polarized media and that there's causation, not correlation, between the two. Jeff, you're already shaking your head no. Yeah, well, shockingly, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, look, I think, that it, I think everybody's looking to blame somebody for why we're so polarized. And the media is the obvious, uh, easy target. The media is not perfect, but I don't think the media is why we're polarized. I think there's three main reasons why we're polarized. Uh, one involves the media. I think that's Rupert Murdoch. That's one. Two, I think it's social media, where you can anonymously uh, attack uh, your opponents. Uh, and three is gerrymandering, where people can go to Congress uh, and never really have to compromise 
or talk to the people on the other side of the aisle uh, and can then just appear on Fox News or uh, MSNBC or wh whatever their favorite outlet is without ever having to, uh, uh, to consult or, or, or compromise. And look, I think those are the three biggest uh, issues uh, why we're so polarized today. I don't think it's, I think the media is a reflection of our polarization. I don't think it's the cause of our polarization. When you say Murdoch, you mean Fox. Largely, I do. Okay. Yes. Not CNN, not MSNBC, Fox. Yeah. I mean, I think Fox might be the most culpable, but no culpability on the part of the others? I think I started by saying that, that, that we're not perfect by any stretch. The media, you know, there's a lot of issues with the media, I acknowledge. But, you know, I don't think that by and large, as a business proposition day in and day out, CNN or MSNBC is, is uh, pushing misinformation and disinformation and uh, uh, as a business model uh, upon which their entire premise is built, which is really harming America. And I don't think that's happening at CNN or MSNBC. By the way, I, can, can I, we stop? Can we? Uh, so you, you now understand like why intense. I'm, it's intense, <laughs> but it's friendly. These are people who like one another, but it's a great conversation. This is the former president of CNN International. And I'm asking you, what, asking him, what, what role does the media play in where we become? And he says, we are a reflection of polarization. We are not the cause. And Phil Griffin, as you're about to hear, uh, agrees with that. By the way, I, I, of course, Phil's going to respond. I, I don't believe that misinformation and disinformation are pushed by the outlets that you two represent. Well, but I think it is pushed by the other. But I think, but I think a perspective, an attitude, an ideology has been pushed in the past. What do you think? Well, I'm going to begin to just ask you, when do you think that this divide yeah. began? Uh, okay, I'll give you a benchmark. 1988 is when Rush Limbaugh was put into national syndication. And in the mid-90s, when Fox News came online, Roger Ailes, a one-time television producer for Limbaugh, took that playbook and brought it to Fox. Here's, here's my telling of this. MSNBC struggled for a while. You remember Phil Donahue was the guy who couldn't get traction. And all of a sudden, I think you said, hey, here's what we need to do. We need to not go as far as Fox goes, but we need to do from the left what they've been doing to the right. That's the short version. But I think, but if you look at Rush Limbaugh and you look at the beginning of Fox, there was already the audience for that. And it had been there for some time. So when you say that the media is responsible or a good part of it is uh, a good part of the the, the um, divide. I just want to know where you begin it, because I think it goes way back. Where would you begin it? 1776. <laughs> That's Phil Griffin, the president of MSNBC. Okay, lots more that I want to continue to parse for you, including me asking. You were going to say something, TC? Well, I was just going to say, we have heard you, we meaning the POTUS audience, and yeah. I include myself as an audience member sometimes, have heard you say these things before and, and tracing the path, but just not in front of the people who are sort of partially in charge of everything <laughs> while this was all going That's on. That's what made it such a great conversation. And I realize that people who are listening to my show from the unconvention, you know, heard my show, but they didn't hear this unless they heard it on a on a replay. Let me tell you what else is to come, ladies and gentlemen. Among other things, I am about to ask each of them if they regret not covering more extensively Hunter's laptop 
in the 11 days leading up to the campaign. You're also going to hear me ask them. Mark Zuckerberg said the FBI visited Meta, visited Facebook before the election and warned about misinformation coming. Did you get such a warning? And as much more as I can cram into this hour of the program, you're about to hear. Uh, just stand down if you wouldn't mind with calls because I, I wanna, I wanna air this. I'm just so thrilled with their willingness to have the conversation with me. I want as many people to hear it as possible. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform slashing manual tasks and errors over 37,000 companies have already made the move so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite now through April 15th NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program head to netsuite.com slash Smirconish, netsuite.com slash Smirconish, netsuite.com slash Smirconish. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. Okay, so again, highlights from the unconvention, in particular, the panel that I led on polarization and the media. Phil Griffin, former president of MSNBC, Jeff Zucker, former president of CNN. They are my guest. You know what's coming next, TC. Did this surprise you? Do you think that he was blowing smoke at me, or do you think in the clip we are about to play that this is the honest answer? Oh, no. I don't think uh, I don't think Jeff Zucker is a person that blows smoke. <laughs> that also is my, true. That is my genuine opinion of him. So I think the answer to that is no. I think this was very, very telling and very interesting. And I feel a very tiny, small fraction of that because of... of how important it is to get the right person to guest host for you here. And I think when people hear the clip, they'll understand why I said that. How about this? 
42% of Americans tell Gallup they are not D's, they are not R's, they, have, they are I's. And I think a lot of them are represented here and virtually watching us. Jeff Zucker, can you sell centrism? I sold you. <laughs> so... Why, why not, why not say, hey, this is the path. We're, we're not going to be MSNBC. We're not going to be Fox. We are going to go after independent thinkers. And I don't just mean me on Saturday, right? I mean, we're, we're going to build a whole network around that principle. So could you give examples of that? Because I really don't quite understand it. And, and, and I do want to say, I'm, I'm defending the media, but the media makes mistakes, and they do, and we are, should be, and are held accountable when we do. Most of us are held accountable. But give me examples of what a centrist um, network or newspaper that, that, that doesn't exist today, what, what would that be like? Well, it'll sound self-congratulatory to talk about this because I think I'm well-suited for it. Yeah. And this is, and this is no. not... This is not but I, I agree. I agree. But, you know, there, you know the, the reality is there's not 25 of you. Is, I mean, is that the problem? There aren't enough people who are in this territory? Who are, who are good and capable broadcasters like yourself. You know, I mean, look, the, the other thing is, I mean, we're being, we're, we're, we're being a little flippant, but you do represent what that network would be built around. Now, would, would that network succeed? I don't know. Why? Because passion doesn't rest in the middle? Well, I mean, I, mean, I, think, that the I think there's a lot of passion here, but, you know, I mean, the, the reality is uh, I don't think there's enough good people like you to, to fill out that network, and I'm not sure that there's enough, uh, um, you know, day-in, day-out passion to, to have that succeed, but it's certainly a noble idea and, and worth, uh, worth trying to do. But there's not enough good people like you, Fourth for time. instance, to, to fill out that network. What do you think? Okay, so now we're having the conversation. Now we are really having the conversation. I think this is remarkable. Jeff Zucker says that, he, you know, and again, I'm catching him cold. This is just a freewheeling. He doesn't know what's coming. But he says, I can't find 25 people like you who are independent thinkers, who are centrists, who are not hardened R's or D's. It's actually a really practical answer. Yes, it is. A really tangible answer. And now let's talk about, TC, how we know this to be the case. Because in, in our little world, it is very difficult to find someone to guest host for you that is appropriately uh, non-ideologue. And we have, we've now had a, have three fantastic guest hosts that we sort of rotate Tara. and try to figure it out. Tara Setmeyer, who I met for the first time on Friday. And oh my gosh, she is just so fantastic. And Danny. love her. Danny Savalos, who I also saw on Friday, and he will be guest hosting this Friday. And um, the wonderful Dr. Maz, Anthony right. Mazzarelli, who, you know, tries to make time for us when he can. Because, because <laughs> we, we have had guest hosts in the past who have been perceived as too far left yeah. and too far and right. And we hear about it. So you're so right that in our own little space, mm -hmm. Jeff, like we know what you're I talking about. I get it. And then after he says four times, I don't know if I can replicate you. Right. He says, and I don't know whether the passion would be there. That's the question. The day to day. Well, which is the bigger intangible? Finding, you know, finding I, I on a different day, I would love to say to this POTUS audience 
and we'll save this. We'll save that clip and then we'll come back yeah. to it and we'll say, okay, let's round out Zucker's squad. Let's I love it. We have one name. We need 24 more. Yeah. Okay. Who are they? That would be a fun conversation, but not right now because I've got other audio from the unconvention that I want to share. I think when we come back, you're going to hear me ask Phil Griffin, the former president of MSNBC, and Jeff Zucker, the former president of Fox News, of, of uh, CNN. Sorry, I'm doing too many things here. Uh, what about Hunter's laptop? Do you regret not giving it more coverage right before the 2020 election? You're going to find that really interesting. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash Smirconish, netsuite.com slash Smirconish, netsuite.com slash Smirconish. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. I neglected to say something on stage at, you know, I listened to this over the weekend. I neglected to say something relative to Jeff Zucker's comment that there aren't 25 like me out there. Here's what I should have said and what I'm happy to say now to the POTUS audience. There are 25 who see the world like me who are out there and who are broadcasters and who are competent. Do you know where I'm going with this? But they don't know the water's warm because the only business model that they see is far left, far right. Said differently, a lot of the people that you see on television right now in those networks that are most polar, they don't believe what they say. Some of them are, 
Some of them are. I, I believe that Hannity is, is, a, is a tried and true conservative. I've said this before. I believe that that is his view of the world. But Tucker Carlson, I remember him in the bow tie days at MSNBC. I'm telling you, they are saying what gets a rise. They are saying what they need to say to get mouse clicks and ears and eyes. And if there were a network where you could just be straight and you could say every once in a while, I don't know. And you could be conservative on fiscal issues and progressive on social issues the way most of us are. Believe me, the talent would flock there. That's what I think. I should have said that on Friday. All right. This was also interesting. Again, yours truly with the former president of CNN, Jeff Zucker, former president of MSNBC, uh, Phil Griffin. The subject, Hunter Biden. Let me give you an example. I believe they know this because I talked about it on air. I think that the Hunter laptop was worthy of more airing than it received right before the election. Either of you agree with me on that? Do you regret? Do you regret? How about if I ask it this way specifically? Do you regret not dealing with it before the election? Well, I mean, I think I think we the question is we did deal with it, but to the degree that you know you would you would have thought was appropriate. I think the answer is in the in the final two weeks, you know, it was looked at. We did not know enough about it. There was not you know there was not within two weeks of the election the ability when the messenger on that story was Rudy Giuliani, okay? No, I mean, but I mean, that, that's the problem. It's like, you're gonna give a lot of legitimacy to Rudy Giuliani delivering, you know, he's got the goods. So part of the issue with that story was who was delivering the goods, okay? That's one. That doesn't mean that we didn't look into it. We did, we did look into it. But first of all, you know, with regard to the son of the candidate, you know, he was the son of the candidate. He wasn't the candidate. The question that you'll come back with is, well, but what role did the candidate play in, in his business dealings? You know, frankly, uh, with 10 days or two weeks to go, uh, there, it was looked at by very credible organizations, including the Wall Street Journal, Rupert Murdoch's Wall Street Journal, and they found nothing at that time, okay? So my point is, it's easy to say, we should have spent more time on that. Listen, do I think it's legitimate to look at? Sure. Do I think that, like, it's, it's a legitimate criticism to say that in the 10 days, 14 days prior to the election, you didn't spend enough time on it? Not really. What do you think? Um, he was never arrested. Uh, the Justice Department was looking into it, never reported it until he is the son of a candidate. I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a main story until that happens. Now, we looked into it. You know, NBC News did. Um, uh, Tom Winter and uh, Ken DeLorean did a great job. They met with Rudy. He brought a couple of pages printed out from the so-called, uh, from, the, from the computer. Um, they asked for a digital copy of it. They didn't get it. But I don't think it was a big story before the election because he was never found, he, he was never charged with it. Hey, Michael, let me ask you, in the two weeks before the election, when that came out, I don't, I don't remember the exact yeah, timing. Yeah, I think 11 days yeah. before. 11 day, okay, 11 days. So you probably had two shows uh, prior to the election on CNN, right? Right, one, Did, but two, yeah. Well, okay, whatever. Did you cover it? No. I talked Did, about did it, hold on, I, hold on. Did I tell you not to cover it? Definitely not. Okay. Did I, uh, so did hold on, I hold talk on, about hold on, it? Hold on. 
Why didn't you cover it? I talked about it extensively on, I guess, part no, no, of No, 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 no. We're not talking about radio. We're talking about CNN. I'm going okay. to give you an answer. Okay. So I, my point I, is, though, you're giving, you're, you know, you're, you're saying you had the opportunity to do it, and you didn't do it. I regret it. Okay. I regret it. I talked about it. I talked about it extensively on radio, but no, Jeff's right. I didn't. And, and I second-guess myself. Now, I, I don't think it's a huge story. Right. I don't think it's a huge story. But I think I look bad by not talking about it at all. I should have said something about the damn issue. That's what I'm talking about. Did you, but you didn't know all the facts at the time either. No, but I think that we looked partisan by not giving it some air. Yeah, I think you got to. I, I don't. I don't disagree with that, but I think you have to be careful to just because somebody throws a, a smoke bomb into the arena uh, to you know. I think you have, Listen, it is a. It is worth real examination, but you know, in the in the eleven days prior to the election, it involves the son of a candidate. Uh, you know, who clearly has issues and troubles, you know, what is the extent to which you should do it? We, we reported on it, but we didn't report on it to the degree that you're saying you thought w- uh, would have been proper. Back in real time, this, I mean, this airing, it has not happened up until now. There has not been a conversation like this with the former presidents of CNN and MSNBC on this issue or the others that I've raised. You know, what responsibility do the cable outlets play for a polarized America? Do you regret not airing more about Hunter Biden's laptop uh, in the lead up to the election? I would think that the people at Fox would just love hearing, you know, what's being discussed. Get, get a hold here. of that. And and <laughs> I'd never been asked until Jeff put it to me. Yeah, I was in front of that. I was, this is me like hiding. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hey, I think it was fair. It was I think it was a really good and question. Interesting and and legitimate. And I, I I've never said to the POTUS audience, yeah. I don't think that I have, that I'm a bit embarrassed that while I was talking about it here on on POTUS on a daily basis, not overdoing it, but not ignoring it either, right. that in the in the one or two show that I did. And and, you know, I don't know the answer. In terms of why I didn't, I know that my real estate is limited. I get four blocks, 46 or so minutes in a one hour television program. I'm sure I should go back and I should look at those those two weekends going into the election. I'm sure there was a lot of competition for different angles, but I wish I had done it. And not because I thought at the time that it was an enormous issue, but just as you heard me say to Jeff Zucker, I think we lost, me, Michael, lost, and CNN lost credibility in not touching it. That's what I think. And and ladies and gentlemen, one more thing that I didn't say at unconvention, but over the weekend I was thinking, because this kind of gnaws at me, maybe I got caught up in a little groupthink as well. I mean, I try and stay disconnected from from CNN, a because I I live, you know, 90 miles away and and I like doing my own thing. And I don't want to do if you do a once a week show, I don't want it to be it's one crack. I don't want it to be like every other show. So normally I'm disconnected. But in this particular case, when nobody else was doing it, I, I have to believe that impacted my thinking that nobody else doing it on the network. Maybe I was timid. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I wish that I had uh, something else interesting from the uh, the unconvention. And that is that I asked them. This is a very brief clip. 
but I asked them about the very recent Zuckerberg revelation. Zuckerberg says that Facebook was visited by the FBI prior to 2020 to serve notice, hey, you know, misinformation may be coming. Uh, to each of you, do you recall such a warning, CNN or MSNBC, from the feds? Never. No. Never happened. I wonder, I wonder why. Well, I, my guess is that I think, I, I don't, you know, obviously it never happened here. Um, my guess is that, that they probably saw that, that that social platform that I talked about in my first answer to you was being used for uh, uh, the spread of misinformation and disinformation in, in ways that were unique to that platform. Uh, I, I'm assuming, I, I don't know, okay? Um, and I think that, you know, on our digital properties, and you know, at the time, CNN was the biggest digital property in the world, um, news and information uh, property, uh, you know, that anything that was there was verified, right? So. So I think it's different. Interesting, right? So according to Zuckerberg, and I believe him, the feds, according to Mark Zuckerberg. I'm sorry, you're right, you're right. According to Zuckerberg, the feds came to him in the final days of the election and they said, you know, be on edge, be on guard because we think there's missing. But they didn't come. First time this is on record. They did not come to CNN and they did not come to MSNBC. Why is that the case? And and maybe Jeff's right that they they had a particular concern about social media. You heard his initial response when he took issue with me saying that polarization is caused if you're ranking things by the media. And Jeff's answer was to say that that he believes that Murdoch social media uh, and the um, what did he say is the is the third. What did he? Oh, gerrymandering are the the three primary causes. You know, he, he thinks that maybe the explanation is that the feds were most concerned about social media and perhaps that's why there would have been a warning at facebook but not at the cable outlets uh okay one or two more clips that i want to share with you in just a moment again this is just me being able to part the interaction that i had in this really amazing session in the afternoon uh, last friday of the unconvention this is the smirconish podcast from sirius xm Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, 
the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. So TC and I are sitting here during the commercial break and saying to one another that we're floored that there hasn't been more pickup about that which was said by Jeff Zucker and Phil Griffin at the unconvention. And I said to TC a moment ago, uh, I'm floored by it. And the only explanation that I can offer is that the media would be interested in the tawdry aspects of the tale, if there are any. Like, hey, why didn't you ask about <coughs> about Chris Cuomo? How come you didn't ask about Jeff's departure, et cetera, et cetera? It's, it's not what the unconvention was all about. This was an hour-long, substantive conversation about a serious problem in the country, polarization and what might be the media role in it, to which Phil Griffin at a certain point says to me, well, you haven't asked at all about the politicians. I, I want to go back to a question. Um, interesting that we've had this discussion now for uh, close to half hour. Not long enough. And politicians haven't been brought up. Okay, what do you want to say about politicians? Where do they fall into this, the great divide and the cause of it? Okay, because, according, according you know, to me? Politicians and, and leaders, of uh, political thought leaders. Right. Um, where do they? This is good. I, I like interviewing you. Okay. According, <laughs> according to me, they're getting their marching orders from you, and I mean the two that, of you. That, that is. And I, 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 let me finish the thought. They do because. Who's interviewing who here? <laughs> because because you know you control primary voters. The, there, there's a gentleman in the back of the room from a Harrisburg affiliate. And he interviewed me earlier today. I don't know where he is. And he said to me, he has a hard time getting the Pennsylvania candidates on his newscast. Why? They would rather go to MSNBC or they would rather go to Fox because they know they're going to reach their base. And because of closed primaries, nine states like Pennsylvania, it's all about motivating, not persuading. And that's one of the things we're here to discuss. Well, I would would disagree with you that all Republicans go on Fox. President Obama, and when he was candidate Obama, came on our air over eight years once with Rachel Maddow the weekend before the 2008 election, 
and once with Morning Joe before the 2012 election. That is it. We were not the home for democratic thought. And why was he afraid to come on? Or why didn't he come on? I don't know if he's afraid. I think he's going to be held accountable. And it's really serious and deep way. It's, it's kind of funny. When he said that, what I was thinking and I didn't say is, and I didn't realize that Obama didn't go on MSNBC, but he did entertain me for 30 minutes in the Oval Office two weeks out from the election, the 2012 election. I, I had a half hour long one on one interview with the president. Then he was seeking to reach independent voters. I know why I was there. Um, OK, one more I want you to hear. This is this is a little futuristic. It's about cord cutting and it's a funny exchange as well. Of COVID, we have a second home in the midst of COVID. Our daughter and son-in-law evacuated Brooklyn and moved into that second home. I came to that property weeks after they moved in and turned on the television, and I, I couldn't find CNN because they'd cut the cord. Your kids had? Yeah, they'd cut the cord. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it. So I, I, did, did they know you were still on CNN? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Apparently not. May, well, that, that might have been the reason. But you know, gonna, but anyway. I, I, I went rip shit. You know, like, where's the cable? How do you think the mortgage gets paid? Um, where are we going? Where are we going with all this cord cutting? Not to your second house. No. Um, <laughs> well, look, cord cutting is real. Uh, and, you know, uh, five years ago, CNN and MSNBC and Fox were in 92 million homes in, in this country. Uh, today, that number is down to around 70 million. And in, in the next five years, that'll be down to 50 million. Now, two things. 50 million is still a significant number. Right. But it is, you know, almost 50% of what it, what it was, right? But, you know, let's acknowledge that 50 million is still significant. Um, but I think that where we're going is all of these uh, uh, outlets are going to have to have in addition to that, that linear distribution, they're going to have to have a direct-to-consumer relationship with the people here and the audience, and, and they'll have to have uh, a, a different way of distributing MSNBC or CNN or, uh, or whatever outlet you're talking about. So I think we're going to much fewer homes, um, but still being able to receive these kind of outlets on different platforms? I think the fear, and, and I, they're going to survive in some way. Are they? Well, I, I think that people will want content. But it is becoming so financially expensive, and how much money they pull in will determine how much they can do. We're seeing this in local newspapers around the country, that as you know, digital and uh, takes over and the technology changes, um, they don't get the ad support because it's easier to sell a car on, you know, autocar.com. Um, newspapers have lost a huge stream of revenue, and what, 30% of the newspapers or more have gone out of business already. Many are all digital, but what's happening worse is they're losing reporters, and they're not covering their own city hall, and they're not covering. And so what I worry about the future is just to make sure there are these large platforms or whatever method it is that it comes out for these journalistic enterprises, because we've got to hold not only the president accountable, but we've got to hold the mayor accountable, we've got to hold city council accountable, 
and, and the decisions that are made at every level of politics. I make this point all the time that anytime you read a story about a, a newsroom being eviscerated, you should worry because there are fewer people now keeping an eye on government at, at all levels. Holding but, everybody accountable. But I don't know what the model is that's going to allow that because no amount of bloggers, I think, are going to fill that void. Well, I mean, listen, new models will have to develop and, uh, and you know, there is, there is great journalism happening everywhere. It's just at very, in very different places and, and, uh, and new models are going to have to develop over the next five years. You know, I just want to go back to something we were talking about before, the role of media and what, what we should do. You know, I, I actually think that media organizations uh, uh, should stand for something. And I think above everything else, they should stand for the truth. And, and then beyond that, uh, you know, I think they should be pro-truth. I think they should be pro-democracy. I think we should, we should want to live in a society that promotes democracy. And I think we should be pro-science and, and, you know, believe in fact. And I think they're all related. You know, science is fact, and that's truth. And I think that if we're, if we're driven by being pro-truth uh, and pro-science and pro-democracy, then, then, then I think media will be, will be good. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Well, I hope you agree with me. That was an important and substantive conversation, really unique. Former president of CNN, Jeff Zucker, former president of MSNBC, Phil Griffin, the unconvention last Friday. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Phil. That was really, really worthwhile. And the audience gave them a standing ovation at the end, and I think appropriately so. So that's it for the unconvention. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like, pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One. Because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 